tremendous looking trophy. One number one PlayStation podcast in the Oceanias. My name's Dylan Blunt. Joining me, as always, Ashley Hobley. Hey, John. Excited to be here talking about next gen again. Again, yeah. I feel, I mean, I don't feel. I don't feel like we can complain about talking about it too much after spending no. pretty much the entire year complaining about having to wait for the console. So it's, yeah, it's like yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, uh, we will just be talking about PS5 games again this week. There's really not much news. I, I think that makes sense because obviously I feel like a lot was, you know, like no one's going to really announce anything or do anything crazy in the in the couple weeks, I think, surrounding the the console releases. So makes sense. But there's still lots to play. There's, there's stuff I've got that I still haven't tried. There's so much to so, play. like... It's a good problem to have, but I mean, up to my ass and shit. So we're definitely talking about games, to talk, uh, games the next couple of weeks. I feel as I slowly start knocking off some things. You start slowly start knocking off some things and what have you, diving into other things. There's, 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 and there's even the PS4 stuff we haven't like uh, put a. T- I I tried out. I, I'm not gonna spend much time on this. So I'll say like I tried out Days Gone because obviously that had the patch. That now play it, so yep. that runs at 4K 60. Yep, it runs a lot better. I mean, there's no way around it. As someone shocking, who- the game runs better than it did on day one. Uh, no, <laughs> well, no, because I didn't. Pl- I mean, I played it. I played it at launch. I'm pretty no, but like it. the last time I played it was probably late last year when they released a bunch of challenge map things. Oh yeah, that's right. And I, I tried those out, challenges. and it was still obviously running. Not perfect. Not perfect. So you're still having a lot of frame rate issues and what have you. So, and I mean, those issues were always sort of persistent. The, the difference between that game having issues and now running at 60 is that game's now playable if you were having problems. So, I mean, I know there's lots of PS5 stuff to play, but if you ever get bored, there's a massive game and day is gone to play. And I, I so that's, that's cool. Well, there's like 20 games to play in yeah. your PS Plus collection. Yeah. But. True, and that's one of them. That's probably one of the ones you haven't. <laughs> yeah, um, I do. I do want to go try it. All the other ones have got patches. It's just God of War, Last of Us, two, I believe so. And Ghost of Tsushima got the 60, 60 mm. frame rate as well. So I want to get to all those just to, to add to the list of stuff that I want to get to. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some PS Five games. Let's dive into the one we've both finished since. We uh, had the massive cast last week, of course. If you somehow missed last week's episode of Platinum Explosion, it was joined by Kieran from Explosion Network and Buddy Watson from Radio Watson to uh, do our initial impressions. And that was all on Thursday night, the, the console came out. So we've played a little bit more since then, uh, including we've both actually now finished Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Uh, in fact, I've got the platinum trophy, so I've played through it twice. <laughs> so I went from <laughs> only playing like none to um, the platinum, so that was good. Uh, I rate this higher than the Marvel Spider Man. I know it's kind of, in in a way it's comparing apples to oranges scenario because this is a lot more concise, tighter uh, game, it, like. So when I played for it a second time on easy mode, skipping cutscenes to get the new game plus trophy, I finished it somewhere between two to three hours. Like, so that shows if you want to like what rush through the core story, it's only going to take you a couple hours. 
Uh, of course, that would be silly because all of the side missions and stuff in this game are, are pretty great. All of the collectibles uh, are great now because they make more sense, in my opinion, compared to the, the original game. And they're spread out a lot nicer. Like, you're not bombarded with shit at the start of the game to, to go find in New York. They're, they're kind of sprinkled throughout. You'll do like There's a campaign mission. There's like, oh, like do. three of these hideouts. You do like another campaign mission. Oh, here's three other hideouts, you know. So, and if you're someone who likes to play these games open world games the way i do where um you want to uh you want to like clear shit as much as you can before like doing the next campaign mission the fact they spread them out it kind of makes the overall game flow quite nice where it's, it's just like nice breaks in between and this game much like the first one they both encouraged you to like take breaks at time you know like you'll f- finish a campaign mission and I'll be like, oh, you should go do some crime solving or whatever now. Um, but I, I definitely feel like the thing that makes this game, in my opinion, better than Marvel Spider-Man is I just think that Miles is a... Uh, it's it's hard to say without saying I put... Like, I enjoy Peter Parker, but I just think that Miles is a lot more likable character. Not to say that Peter's not likable, but it's just... You just you get through... You get his hero journey, I guess in this game compared to to peter because of course he's he starts years into his thing and um i i think emotionally this game hit harder for me than the first one and um yeah it's fantastic it's really good i i hope because now of course we're going to presumably next thing we get is marvel spider-man 2 a bigger peter park park entry i hope miles if he is in that they don't just like kind of st- like oh you get to do some missions as him now like that's what we'll just do like after this i kind of feel like it would be nice for miles to get his own big game and then peter gets his own mini game you know like kind of swapping swapping them in and out kind of thing you know what i mean like let them have take turns and i don't know it depends on what they want to do make to make both i don't know uh what what do you think of this one yeah i really enjoyed this it was a ton of fun, emotional story. Uh, yeah, I like Miles a lot. I don't, I haven't read or watched much Miles content. So uh, obviously, other than Spider Into the Spider Verse, which I think was a clear influence to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, just to explore, get a whole new look at a whole new Spider Man is kind of interesting, um, uh, and his different takes on the problems that we've seen Peter. So- deal with a bunch of times um i think his power set is obviously a differentiator between the two whereas peter is a lot more gadget focused uh yeah. obviously miles has his own natural talents with these venom venom attacks and his camouflage abilities uh which makes a lot of the stealth stuff a bit easier uh but there was a lot of those stealth all he went into a lot of rooms with a lot of people a lot of times yeah you know what i mean there was a lot of that within the game, but that didn't feel bad because you could always like stealth away or, you know. Yeah, I think the stealth is more fun in this game. Yeah. For sure. Then the, the first one, the stealth never really felt like uh, the Arkham games do stealth really well. Like they're, they're fun. Like I walk into a room where it's stealth in the Batman games. I'm like, fuck yeah. Cause you had all these really cool gadgets and the way you could like the, the, the many ways you could hang up enemies or trick them or, you know, free batterings to attract them to places. Solving those puzzles were a lot of fun. And although Miles isn't quite that level, it had a little bit more of that 
with ways you could attract enemies, turn invisible, disengage, re-engage, whatever yeah. else. Whereas Mar- uh, as Peter, it was like you're obviously playing a combat heavy character just trying to do stealth and it just kind of didn't feel right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're planning on doing a spoiler cast probably next week or two. Uh, so I won't get too much in the story. But my only thing, uh, I couldn't exactly pin down exactly the timing of it. Of like, no, well, the thing that distracted me was that they had this big dinner scene at the start of the game. It's Christmas. And apparently it's Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. So what is he doing Christmas Day? Because apparent- the next thing he does is he meets his friend at like a coffee shop. Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. From what I understood, obviously it's a, it's a rather short game, so diving too far into spoilers is uh, a no-go. But from remember that original trailer we saw, everyone, if in case you haven't played it, where he's going to his mum's rally? That's on Christmas Day. Yeah. That's like Christmas Day night. So, mm. yeah. It's weird. I don't, yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it is weird, because it's, kind of, it's, it's a throwaway America line. America is a bit different about Christmas, though. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's it's a throwaway line where, oh, it's Christmas Eve, and then yeah, if you put put it two and two together, she's like, oh, we've got a rally tomorrow night. So, someone says, um, someone says, contact me or whatever. So, yeah, then you have that rally, and of course that leads as they showed us in the gameplay video to the the big bridge scene that all happens on Christmas. So, oh man, that when you think about that's <laughs> even sadder that all that stuff happened on Christmas. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, as to the future of this, I would be happy if they just put one of these games out every two years, a Mars Morales one, and then you have your big Spider-Man central one every four years or whatever. Because they've got New York City down. They don't really need to do... Obviously, they just need to tell the stories within the, the city that they've already built. So uh, I can't imagine it'd be... It, I'm sure it's a lot easier than developing it from scratch. You know what I mean? Well... I I, th- I think it wouldn't be a bad... So obviously, they're in development of Spider-Man 2 at the moment. And that one's obviously going to star Peter again. But it wouldn't be surprising if you play as Miles for a little bit in that. You play as yeah. uh, MJ for a little bit. Who, like, yeah, maybe another character. Because like, obviously, you play as different characters in the in the, the original one, in the civilian segments, which were the worst part mm. of the game. But the <laughs> uh, I digress. Um, but it, w- it would be kind of cool if the third one, like the, if they lined up their eggs right or whatever, so that the third one led to like a Miles game. Like, I just think it would be cool instead of always being like, well, Peter's the star of these games. Like, and obviously Peter's going to be the star of the next one because they're in development and they're building towards, of course, like Green Goblin is the the big villain. They've been building towards that ever since the the... The first game and a bunch of Easter eggs and of course all the yeah the all that sort of stuff. So that's where we're going. But then they could line up everything correctly so that they could kind of have Miles be the the lead of another one, and then maybe it goes back to Peter afterwards. You know what I mean? Like you've got two really cool characters that so a lot of people are going to prefer Miles. A lot of people are going to prefer Peter. And I, it would just kind of be cool if instead of going, well, this one's the the mini game character and this one's the main game character. If they could kind of just chop and change them every no, I think I think well, yeah, I just think it'd be better if obviously the miles what games came out more frequently. You know what I mean? If they're shorter experiences, tighter stories, uh, come out every two three years. Obviously, the Spider Man larger ones, three to five years. 
You know what I mean? I feel like that would be a good compromise and differentiate them from each other so it doesn't just feel like you're playing. It's not like the movies where it's like, oh, it's another movie with a spider in it, you know? (laughs) What if they start adding more spider characters? Who knows? I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't. It, at this point, it wouldn't shock me yeah. if we get an Into the Spider Verse esque yeah. game down the line. Exactly. Or they do one of the big events. The what was it? Spider Islands was a big Spider Man event in the past few years. Something like that. Um, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they, in their first game, they went straight full. Like, here's the sinister stick. So, like, they're not really holding their holding stuff back for sequels, like big, big things. So I feel, I feel like it would. Anyway, yeah, we'll have a spoiler cast uh, when Kieran's finished the game. We're, we're going to do that. So Good. Uh, you'll find that on the Arcade Couch podcast feed because that's where all of the Explosion Network's spoiler cast stuff go. So if you're, if you're not subscribed to Arcade Couch, make sure you are. Uh, all right, so next thing on the list, Demon Souls. I've been dying a lot playing Demon yeah. Souls. Um, <laughs> so I never played Demon Souls back in the day. Uh, Bloodborne was my fault. In, uh, in case I haven't told the story, Bloodborne was actually my first Soulsborne title. Uh, because that that game's aesthetic and setting kind of drew me in more so than any of the other like Demon Souls or Dark Souls games. Because uh, obviously Bloodborne's uh, more horror, like Cthulhu inspired stuff, horror monsters, this sort of stuff. That that was just more up my alley. Um, I did play Dark Souls 3 for about 20 hours and then I stopped playing it because another big RPG or something came out and then I, I tried to go back to it afterwards and I couldn't remember how the fuck I was, what the hell I was doing. So I didn't end up finishing that one, to, uh, so, but I was enjoying that one. Uh, I did play it and I played like le- maybe less than an hour of the first Dark Souls randomly. I saw it was like on, I don't know, my PC library somehow. I don't know. It was probably free or some shit. So, but. I was like, whatever. So, Demon Souls is the first Souls-born game. Like, it's the the original one from Som, uh, from from software. So, and it's a lot of people's fan favorite, I guess, for that for, for that thing. Uh, as someone who's played prominently Bloodborne, Demon Souls, uh, Dark Souls Three, this game is kind of weird, and it's I f- I found it my my head to be knocking against uh, a, a wall for for some time. To, to explain that, I'll set this up. So Bloodborne and even Demon Souls, uh, Dark Souls 3, uh, the way those worlds are built, especially Bloodborne, is like each level, quote-unquote level, you'll have like a bonfire at the start and then the aim is to make it to either another bonfire, which is like a checkpoint where you can like return to base and like spend souls and... Uh, you're safe or the aim is to travel around a section of the level obviously kill a bunch of monsters maybe a mini boss along the way and open up a shortcut that leads back to the the checkpoint at the very start of the level so then each other time you you load in you've got a shortcut unlocked and you can just uh beeline it to like either the boss in that level or whatever else like those levels a uh, uh, very that like if you look at the design of those levels on like a bird's eye view, they're just some of the best level design I think in uh, in any game I've played. The, uh, specifically, Bloodborne, uh, Demon Souls is not really designed like that. It only has one checkpoint or bonfire or whatever they call them in this game, and that's literally at the start of the level. Uh, 
I've only found two levels out of all the ones I've played so far that actually have proper shortcuts that let you set up a quicker way to get to the boss. Otherwise, in a lot of ways, these, the Demon Soul seems a lot harder because you have to, there's like no quick way to set up a, a, a beeline to the boss, bosses. It's like the, the current boss I'm up to, for example, it just is driving me insane because it's, you have to go through a million enemies to get there. And then of course, if you take a bunch of damage, then you, you die in two seconds to the boss. And then you got to respawn all the way back at the checkpoint. And I kept looking to see if there was something I was missing to see if there was a way to unlock a shortcut back to the checkpoint or anything like that. And it's like, nope, you just got to get good as I, as the, as the kids say. So, um, that's kind of annoying. Um, the one thing I am enjoying is like, I always, thought that i always heard people say that these games are a lot slower than bloodborne because one of the things i like so much about bloodborne was just how uh fast the combat is uh, and it also rewarded you by for playing aggressive and that was one of my favorite things about that game as well like in, in bloodborne it had a mechanic where if you took damage there was like a, a couple second window where any t- any damage you dealt back on the enemies after taking damage you would regen a small amount of health so that game was designed around always being like up in enemies' faces, being ultra aggressive, like rolling and dodging out of the way. And I always thought like Demon Souls and Dark Souls, the way people were playing them was just a lot more slow and uh, sluggish. And to a de- degree it is, I, but a lot of it comes down to, I guess, what uh, class and character you're playing as. I've always heard that playing uh, Demon Souls' magic is quite powerful, so I made sure to uh, pa- level up get magic a magic spell early in the game and it is like it made like early game it was like kind of one-shotting some enemies of course you run out of mp so you can't really spam it for entire levels but uh that's something different that i haven't uh, experienced in the games before um problem of, oh, the other thing i guess is because every time i talked about this prior to the release based off the trailers i kept saying how i thought it was probably one of the better looking ps5 titles and everyone wasn't was kind of undervaluing it uh it is a really really pretty game like even on the mode i'm playing on which is the not even the the proper 4k mode i'm playing on the 1440p super sampled upscaled to 4k uh 60 frames mode because i i want 60 frames in a game where you got to be fucking dodge rolling and powering attacks and whatever else And, and even then it's just like super rich and detailed I went and watched some videos of the uh, the, the original game to compare it because obviously I didn't play it. And I knew it was obviously going to look like shit because it, <laughs> it was a PS3 game. But you, you really, like, it's one of those things where you just put something new next to something old and you're like, oh, my God, like, they've done such a good job. And especially because I was, like, watching, like, the first level, for example, and, like, everything looks right. Like, you can see clearly where the the core concept or the core, like, code and every, it, it, the setup for the levels like everything's carried over perfectly they've just done a really good job at recreating it and the little things they've added just don't like it enhances it doesn't really change like so they maybe added a few more torches or um they've made like pillars different sizes but ultimately whatever they've done doesn't change the way that enemies or uh characters would act on those in those levels so that's probably i assume going to please hardcore fans because they they wouldn't want the game to be uh too too touched i guess but um i'm enjoying it i'm dying a lot 
I plan on finishing it. Hopefully, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, um, I think I think I'll, I'm. What am I? I'm, I would say I'm like halfway. I feel like based off what I I kind of know, like how many levels there are, or whatever. So I I feel like I've cleared like half the levels because yeah, that's that's other weird thing. So I've got sidetracked on my, my train of thought. The the first night I was playing it, I I beat the first boss, which um easy boss by the way if you're playing demon souls and you're struggling the first boss uh unsurprisingly after the first level gives you a million fucking things uh, i can't remember the item name they give you a million of these things that if you fight uh throw them at enemies it catches them on fire and it also gives you several things that let you ignite your sword so it does fire damage and in case you can put two and two together the first boss in the game is weak to fucking fire damage uh so the first boss is pushed over but then once you beat it, you can kind of back out to the the hub world, home world, which is where you can like talk to NPCs and um, use your soul, souls to level up your character or buy items and these sorts of things. Um, and I, I went straight back into that world because although there was other options, in my head, because, you know, video games, I'm like, well, I'm in world one. So presumably I'm supposed to beat world one because it'll be easier than world two, three, four, or five, like it, w- it wouldn't make any sense. And I was bashing my head for a night, and then I, I backed out, and you, you can see I had a conversation with Aaron Nicholas Pryor on Twitter about it, where I was like, I did not realize that the f- basically the first stage of all of the worlds, like so- some of them are slightly harder than others or whatever, but all of them are sort of, you can tackle them at any stage. And you're kind of meant to jump out and maybe try a different one, especially if you're come up, coming up against a, a boss in a certain world where you're like, I'm just not today. I'll, I'll go try something else. And in that, in that regard, it's really different to Bloodborne or, um, Dark Souls because in those games, it's like you get up to a boss and you either beat the boss or you, you are kind of just stuck. You, you have no, nowhere else to go. Whereas I, at the moment, I'm like, I could go try and I've got like three bosses on the go. I think I've got like, one boss in three different worlds I've got up to, and if I press the the PS button on the PlayStation Five controller, as long as you've like crossed the fog and ba- tried to fight a boss at least once, and then comes up with a little activity card which does give you three helpful tips. None of them are like mind blowing that will suddenly make the boss battle super easy, but they are like kind of helpful. They'll be like, oh, this boss, like one I'm currently up to is a a fucking it's like a giant old ancient one type thing or whatever but it's like got a what like it's got its eyes wrapped up because it's a blind monk or some shit and of course one of the hints it gives you is oh in case you can't put it together it can't see you so just try to be quiet and then sneak around and do damage or whatever so um yeah we've got like three bosses on the go um i'm enjoying it nearly rage crit the, the other night but i and i guess the other important thing is no load screens definitely uh, just alleviates a lot of the frustration that I have had in these games in the past. Cause it, you get, I would get annoyed because I knew that if I died, it meant having, especially in Bloodborne, early days Bloodborne before they kind of patched it and got the loading times better. The, the loading times in Bloodborne were like upwards of a minute. So it's like, not only am I dying and this sucks, I can't beat the boss, but also now I have to sit here for a minute. Especially if you walked up to the boss, you did a terror, you just pressed every button incorrectly. You died in like 30 seconds and you're like, well, 
that's great. Now I've got to spend longer in a load screen that took me to fucking walk to the boss and die. So frustration, frustration, frustration. Um, yeah, that's that's Demon Soul, and that is the the one. I mean, it's an important one because it is the one PS5 game that's not actually uh, well. I mean, technically, you can go play the, the original on PS3, I guess, but uh, it is what the one PS5 game that's like... Can't play it on the PS4, though. No, not on PS4, that's true. Well, unless you've got PS Now, I assume it's on PS Now. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Not in Australia, anyway. No. No. Um, no, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I would say that I'm enjoying it, but I'm not falling in love with it like I did Bloodborne. Bloodborne. And I think a lot of that comes down to... As as I was saying before, the just the the overall theme and the setting and these sorts of things, like I the the boss battles in Bloodborne were just they're still like my favorite boss battles. I think, or some of my favorite boss battles ever. Like design, the fucking music, everything. It was just uh, that whole game's on another level. And then you reach like the halfway point in Bloodborne, it just goes on a fucking <laughs> it turns into a crazy roller coaster. Right? Uh, so another thing, like I want to tie this in as because I think the whole um, alleviating the pain of loading screens is also important for uh, the next game I'll talk about. So put a pin in that. I'll come back to it because the other thing I quickly want to mention is this Demon Souls door. This is quite funny. So Kotaku writes: Players are trying to figure out how to unlock a new mysterious door in Demon Souls. The Demon Souls remake on PS5 seems to be hiding a new mysterious door behind a locked door, and while the community is working on how to open it, nobody has figured it out yet. Demon Souls was first released on PS3 back in 2009. The new release remake, one of the few PS5 exclusives, is a very faithful remake of the original with some graphical upgrades and UI tweaks, uh, but hidden in World 1-3 is something new that can't be found in the original PS3 game. So yeah, people haven't figured out how to unlock this. Someone's like glitch, glitch the camera out so you can actually see behind the door, so we do know there's something behind it. There is like an item glowing on this like balcony behind this hidden door, but no one's been able to figure out how to open it yet. Um, including most importantly, Lance McDonald, who usually breaks all souls games and figures this out, <laughs> like how to and what to do. Uh, so no one's figured this out, but it's quite, it's quite fun. Uh, blue point have done this previously with their shadow of the Colossus remake they put a they put a one extra item in that as i met kataki mentions it here this isn't the first time developers behind the dim souls uh blue point have added something new mysterious to one of their remakes this year added a similar mystery similar mystery back into th- the ps4 remake of shadow of the colossus so it's extremely likely that this draw just is, isn't a random mistake i don't think it's going to be <laughs> people are making jokes online be like oh you know what's behind the door it's the release date to elden ring <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that, but uh, <laughs> no. it'll be like a new item that's probably super powerful if you if people ever figure it out. But um, I would assume to even unlock the door, it probably involves a lot of really weird, potentially hard things you have to do. Wouldn't surprise me. If, I don't know. I'm, I'm keen to keep my eye on to see how long it takes people to figure this one out because um, sometimes people crack these things fast. Sometimes they don't. Anyway. Uh, all right. So the other thing. I finally tried out Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. I played the first couple of levels so far after the whole bug issue that I had, which I, uh, I may talk. We'll get to that in a minute. But Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, it's a Call of Duty game. <laughs> it is... Uh, I'm only a couple missions in, so I don't, I don't really have too much to say in the story other than... Uh, you're like The one cool thing is you do the opening mission 
And then after that, it kind of lets you create a character, which I don't think I've ever seen in a Call of Duty game before. Maybe at least none of the ones I know. Like it lets you pick, uh, like you can name the character and all that old random stuff that doesn't really mean anything. Then you also get to like under your, um, traits, you can like leave them blank and say, I get maybe there's a trophy assigned to like beating the game with no traits and you leave them like, on the on the document it just has redacted or whatever but or else you can pick two random traits like uh you take 25 percent less damage because you're like really aggravated or something or uh you have a tendency to overreact and it gives you like better hip fire like there's like 15 different traits and you get to pick two of them and i thought that was kind of cool um i picked the one that gave you 25 percent less damage and something else because I, I i did start playing the game on veteran even though i don't usually play call of duty games on veteran because once again i usually just get annoyed because you die a lot and you have to sit in a loading screen and i'm just like i don't give a fuck surprise surprise everyone call of duty black ops cold war you die you're back in action within a second so it's just it's great i can play games on hard difficulties now if i want to <laughs> without getting annoyed because i swear i get more annoyed at loading screens than i do the actual <laughs> fucking games uh the game's very pretty it's uh especially so the the first levels in like whatever modern day as to where like the game set which is what late 70s yeah right um no yeah you have like a flashback level at level two you go back to vietnam so this is how they get around this whole like it's a cold war there was no wars we're flashback levels of vietnam (laughs) like so i'm like okay that's that's how we're going to get around having uh not having so much combat during the the cold war that wasn't actually a uh a war uh but the the vietnam level very pretty uh highly detailed there's like a segment where you fly this helicopter around and you gotta like you know shoot other helicopters or, or vehicles on the ground and this sort of stuff and it is it was almost like photo realistic like if you stood still the the trees and everything like it just looked super detailed like there's a lot of foliage around i i spotted some pop in which at the very end but not wasn't enough to super distract me but no very very pretty game and i guess the the other important thing for this game specifically on playstation is the fact that it does use the the dual sensors triggers which i guess we're gonna hope that most or and all all games going forward will use the the dual sensors controllers full capabilities but um every gun you use has a different level of tension and also vibration to both your l1 uh, l2 and r2 triggers and at first it's i wouldn't describe it as uncomfortable but it just is kind of weird because obviously obviously you're used to playing especially if you play a lot of first person shooters on your on your ps4 you were used to a certain level of just feeling comfortable holding that controller you know just like tapping tapping the button r2 r2 shoot 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 and I, for the first like level i was just finding it like i wasn't pressing it down further enough and it wasn't because the, it's so hard that it it you have to like really press hard it's more of i guess muscle memory and i'm not used to having to like press to a certain degree but like uh for example you use a gatling gun in that in that helicopter at one stage and that has like a certain like like you feel it 
as if the gun's like rotating, if that makes sense. Like as the Gatling gun's kind of rotating, the R2 trigger kind of feels in rhythm as if it's rotating at the same time. If you've used a dual sense, I feel like it's these things start to make more sense. If you don't have a PS5, <laughs> I'm probably talking fucking nonsense, but um, it is cool. Uh, I guess another cool thing about Call of Duty uh, that I do appreciate especially given the PS5's, how it runs out of space so fast, is the f- just the fact that you can compartmentalize what you want to install or what you want to delete. Um, you know, like you can straight up just press options and be like, I want to delete multiplayer, zombies, warzone, single player, which is of course handy because then if I beat the game and I want to leave it for a little bit to check out multiplayer and to- can delete the single player, and that's probably like 80 gigabytes itself. So it's it's cool, and I I hope that's something that these bigger games that have multiplayer and single player modes let you sort of pick and choose. Uh, that's good, but yeah, I'll, I'll continue playing Call of Duty. Um, I'm intrigued to see how it comes out. Uh, Sackboy: Big Adventure. Do you get a chance to try this one out yet? Or no, no, not yet. Not yet. All right. So I've only I've only played the first. Well, I'm up to like the last level of the first world, I think. I think that I was surprised. So the first couple levels, super easy. And I was like, oh, this game's just going to be like super chill. Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to struggle with anything. Everything's going to be perfectly fine or whatever. But it, <laughs> it, to the degree I was wondering, like, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be too easy that it's just not like kind of not, I, I lose focus because I'm just like too un. <laughs> Not paying too much attention. Uh, it does pick up in difficulty. Like it doesn't suddenly become Celeste after, like after those first couple levels, but it picks up enough that I I started like dying in a, cu- a couple sections and uh, having to replay the levels if I want to go for those uh, no death check marks because each level, as Kieran discussed last week, has a uh, three different scores for, like collecting prize bubbles, and then you get like a, a bronze, silver, or gold. Then you've got like complete level without dying. That's another check mark. And then also, uh, there's another one for like collecting all the secret bubbles or something like that uh, inside the level. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff to do. Uh, I will say that I unlocked like the first challenge room or whatever. That was the most difficult thing in the game. So if you, there is challenge, like it's like a time trial, you got to beat under 30 seconds or whatever. And that was kind of hard. So. I wouldn't say that it's going to be a, a pushover. It is super pretty, though. Like, I feel like if you've seen uh, the trailer or seen any gameplay for it, it is just vibrant colors. You've got that almost, I guess, Yoshi's Woolly World aspect to it where a lot of the levels are made up of uh, real things or, in particular, crafted-like items, like craftish type stuff. Uh, and they look super realistic or realistic as to what Sackboy's world would look like. And often you're, you're, you're platforming over things and then there's like little pop-up creatures happening in the background and the, uh, or even in front of you and what have you. And you get like little different power-ups at times and there are enemies that require different tactics. So I'm surprised with how varied it is. It definitely feels like it was designed with multiplayer in mind though. Like at times the levels feel uh empty-ish and especially when often there's always like 
four jump pads because it's up to four players. You know, like every every section there's always like four of something. So if you're playing by yourself, it kind of feels lonelyish, I guess, to be to kicking along by yourself. But I'm enjoying it. I'll go back to it. Uh, it it kind of hits the the bottom of the pile at the moment, but I will be looking forward to going back. To it. Oh, all right, that is <laughs> my uh, game catch up. Uh, segment uh yeah you haven't played anything else have you other than Rhino? uh i no i finished astrobot so uh, okay yeah what was everything your- we said during that episode it's amazing it's perfect um obviously I, I i feel like obviously that bot last boss battle doesn't mean anything to me but i'm sure it meant something to a lot of other people um but i'll tell you what sony merch team if you're listening right now can we please get those little gacha astrobot Figurines in real life, please. Wouldn't be surprised if Japan has them already, maybe. Or even or 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 little Astrobots in cosplay. That too, please. Or just a little plushy Astrobot or something. Just give us all the Astrobot merch yeah. already. It's kind of weird because Astro's slowly becoming more of a mascot, but like I feel like they're not willing to give him the full push yet. They were just like constantly testing the waters of how people would react to him because he's been around a while you know like he since astro since the playroom on ps4 like the yeah the original playroom game and then of course after astro's rescue astro bot rescue mission came out that's where a lot of people including us started falling in love with uh astro that universe those characters those cute little robots yeah and now a lot but a lot of people obviously didn't play that because psvr now everyone's playing this and i feel like this is the final like everyone's on board yeah. the astro train now yeah that's true yeah what was your what was your favorite uh level and or like dual sense moment uh hard to go fast the the the, uh the speedway one uh that was the ssd level uh i enjoyed that um i think I've, I'm really surprised how satisfying the gotcha machine was, like to pull the trigger and like feel the click the, of the it dual coming sense. out. Yeah. The dual sense, the click, and uh, that kind of thing. I think the monkey suit thing was really fun. Uh, surprising once you got the hang of it uh, to like full on move. You can tr- the dual sense around, and uh, I'm sure someone will steal that mechanic soon or something. There's a and then obviously there's like a full on marble madness level in the game. So I think in, which I thought was a pretty solid move yeah. use of the touchpads. In so. my retrospect, I thought that was probably the best showcase of the like because you just get to go around those different terrains, especially like when you hit that tarmac and you can hit the the mud puddles and everything. Like just how that yeah, all feels. You feel that, and I also think the fact that finally that level showcases that the dual sensors touchpad is now at such a finite. A, like where you can do it's those sensitive. sorts of things like <laughs> yeah if you went for those uh things you needed to go, do like the harder sections to get the extra the turns yeah the artifacts yeah, yeah like they're hard-ish but they're doable because the dual sensors the touchpad the touchpad is actually good now whereas i feel like if you had to do that on a dual shock four no <laughs> it would have been nearly impossible because it just didn't have the, the same level it would just of, fling off the edge yeah. yeah it didn't have that same level of uh sensitivity so yeah, it's a real, real, real showcase, that game. Um, I think my favorite 
pick is still just the rain though. That was the the rain's pretty cool. Just I also think it's just that was the one game I played without headphones because I I thought the the sounds coming out of the dual sense actually just enhanced the whole mm. thing because usually I play with headphones on like yeah. Demon Souls makes random noises every now and then. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I had to keep unplugging and plugging in my headphones for the uh, the blowing on stuff. Oh, really? Why? Because obviously the mic or what? It, once you plug in a set of headphones, it goes through the mic in the headphones. Here's, and I guess that wasn't picking up. Here's the the tip for that: if you mute your microphone, it'll just do them automatically. Oh. Yeah, because obviously it's like an accessibility thing. If they required people to below yeah, that makes sense yeah so if you mute your dual shot uh, dual sense or microphone uh, if you haven't muted whenever you walk up to one of those it just does it automatically how odd is it that there's a mute button on the actual dual sense well i don't think we ever talked about that uh, let's talk about it now it. because it's my next <laughs> thing in my note i've i have a couple psa's to go over before we end this episode the first of which is this the the, the dual sense does have a microphone right so it was something they announced with when they announced the dual sense and we, we still wasn't sure what it would be for like would it just be for saying as we kept joking you know like hey playstation save clip or you know like a random uh random shit like that not or a thing. what can we just say that's not a thing and that's disappointing <laughs> yeah well not yet um or like what's it actually for well it turns out it, like maybe it can do some of that stuff soon but otherwise it's literally a microphone like you can jump into call of duty and you can just be yelling at your dual sense which is horrible because, of course, that just opens up more 12-year-olds to be using microphones who did not have access to, to them uh, <laughs> previously. Or, 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 as I've wrote in my notes here, the PSA, that, the, for whatever reason, the default setting for your dual sense is to have it on by default, which I think is a bit stupid. So, in case you don't know that, uh, if you jump into a multiplayer game, if you just <laughs> jump into a game of Call of Duty or something like that, and you haven't realized that the, the DualSense has a microphone, you'll suddenly just be, you, you're live on air, you know, like. <laughs> you're talking shit about the other player. Yeah. How terrible they are. And then they pipe up. Need to. They've heard you the entire time. Exactly. Um, so if you would like to mute, change it. So it now auto, its setting is set to default to, uh, when you turn your PlayStation on, it's muted. Uh, go to system settings, sounds, microphone, and then there's a little setting that says default microphone when you turn on your PlayStation or something like that. Uh, change it to muted, and that's what I've done. And of course, you'll you'll notice if your DualSense is muted because it, uh, on your DualSense controller, it, there's a, that little button uh, below the the home button that you can press to mute or unmute the controller. And if the controller is muted, that that light will be orange on the on the controller. So. I think it. I think by default it should be set to off. It's kind of weird that it's set to on, but um, nonetheless, that's what we deal with. And then the last PSA I had, just as a follow up for something, um, well, I, I don't think we brought it up in the episode last week, but we definitely discussed it afterwards. I didn't want to clarify something because I was confused about it. Um, I started getting a lot of notifications saying, "Hey, so and so's beat your score in Astrobot. Hey, so and so's beat your score in like Sackboy and whatever else." And I kept wondering, like, are people purposely always like sending me these uh, challenge things? No, it's a it's a new feature for PS5 where it appears any game that has a leaderboard functionality where you can beat or uh, you can attempt to or just like happenstance beat your friends and in, in time trials. Like, I especially I think this is going to be big when you have like a Need for Speed or like a Burnout game. 
you know, something where you're just always sort of breaking time trials or friends' times at certain things or whatever, you're going to be getting heaps of these sports games. I don't know. Any sort of arcade game will obviously have leaderboards and so on. So um, it is just automatically sending you a notification anytime one of your friends beat your your score. So if you're, if you're seeing these pop up and you're like, what the fuck, why is someone spamming me? It does it automatically. You can turn them off. If you go into system settings, you go down to notifications and it gives you a list of every notification your PlayStation will give you and you can customize the fuck out of it. So you can pretty much be like, tell me when friends are online. None. Tell me when only these people come online. Uh, tell me when someone messages me only when I'm in a game. Tell, tell me when someone messages me when I'm in a game, movie, app, what have you. Uh, the same for these leaderboard notifications. So I've turned them off for everything uh while i'm in anything but i've i've left them so they still show up in my um activity bar which which basically means that uh i'm not they're not going to start popping up on my screen and annoy me when i'm playing a game but if i press the playstation button and go back to my home uh it'll it'll then come up in the corner like six notifications are new since you've last looked or whatever and then you can press it and it'll just like list them all so that's the way i've set it up to go you can turn them off completely if they're annoying you but definitely it was like a weird thing i was wondering about that i i wasn't sure how they were functioning or whatever but yeah it's just it's just an automatic thing i think it's a cool feature though like especially going forward and the fact that like if you're in a game like spider-man and it pops up and says someone someone beat your score in like astros or Sackboy in a level and you're like oh fuck them i want to beat them the fact that you can click on that notification and it'll just take you straight to the level that they beat you in like with you know in like five seconds or, or whatever it is you know like mm. The, the fact that you don't have to like load the game up, click into it, go to where the level is. You know what I mean? Like it just bypasses everything. It, it really makes, it'll make the competitive people chasing high scores, I think, a lot more uh, viable. So cool feature, weird that, just a couple of weird things. Um, and then the other thing I'll just shout out before we wrap up is in case you're after the bug snacks, platinum, I do have a trophy guide up, com. Check out my trophy guide for bug snacks if you want to get the platinum. Uh, pretty easy platinum. Might need some help with a couple of things. Come get the help from me. Give me the click. Don't give anyone else a click. Give me the click. Now I'll do it for this week's episode of Platinum Explosion. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter by heading to explosion.com slash Twitter. Suggest topics or sending questions for the show. Let us know your thoughts, questions, queries, problems you're having with your PlayStation 5, Twitter, or mail explosionnetwork.com. Subject line Platinum Explosion or Head to explosionnetwork.com slash Discord. They'll give you a link to join our Discord and come chat to us there. Until next week, remember, every trophy counts. Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at explosionnetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.